Doesn't look like it. We're live on the podcast, and Facebook is saying no go because you know why? They cannot handle the truth. Anyways, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jonathan Kogan Show. Wherever you're listening on your podcast player, or if you're watching us on Rumble, or if you haven't subscribed to the Rumble channel, which we are taking to the moon, check out the Jonathan Kogan Show on Rumble. The channel is actually the user ownership economy, one word, even though it's two words. But if you're listening to this podcast, I appreciate you. If you want to watch it, I'm going to be playing some videos, some audio with it, obviously. Uh, we got a lot to get in today, but subscribe to the Jonathan Kogan Show. You know we're one of the most censored podcasts on the net the internet please share with a friend we got over 50 countries listening i appreciate you i love you i just need more people to share because we're going to grow this thing organically for the people by the people this is a community driven podcast of truth we are not taking the corporate business model of having huge brands pfizer that sponsors the news and then tells you what your advertisers want them to tell you if that makes sense you cannot knock the company or individual or anything that is paying you to keep your entire operation afloat. The business model is flawed. That's why the news is lying to you. But you already know that. So I'm here to bring you the truth, and I appreciate you always tuning in. This is definitely growing. It's growing much faster than I originally thought, and I appreciate you. And please subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else, The Jonathan Cogan Show. Please subscribe to The Jonathan Cogan Show on Rumble. And please share with at least one friend and family member because that's how we grow. It's community driven. All right, let's get into it. We got a lot to get into today. We got a lot to get into. All right, the first thing we're going to get into is Dr. Scott A. Youngblood, MD, defends the science with an attack on the jab narrative. You know what? We're just going to speak the words we're supposed to speak. The attack on the on the COVID-19 narrative. We got Pentagon opens sweeping review of clandestine psychological operations that they've been running on social media uh, platforms that is in violation of those platforms' policies uh, in relation to the Ukraine war and a lot of other things going on, like the narrative that I just mentioned. Um, it's all being exposed. Uh, we have the CDC has four days to release data on COVID vaccine injuries collected via vSafe app, the court rules. A federal court in Texas is giving the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention until Friday to release the first batch of data on adverse events related, sorry, adverse events following COVID-19 vaccination collected by the agency via its v-safe app. Okay. What else we got going on here? We got a uh, a prominent cardiologist out of the UK, Dr. Asim Malhotra, who just released a uh, a paper called Curing the Pandemic of Misinformation on COVID-19 mRNA Vaccines Through Real Evidence-Based Medicine. We're going to get into an interview that just dropped with him. Uh, Freeman interviews Dr. Asim Malhotra, who is a, he's a well-known cardiologist in, in the UK. And uh, he believes his dad uh, actually died uh, from the jab. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. We got your favorite person and one of our favorite people on this podcast. I'm being sarcastic. Mr. Bill Gates, who never seems to disappear. In fact, he always seems to appear in the places we don't want to see him. 
He just pops that face up. And this is political, sorry, political polarization, quote, may bring it all to an end, says Bill Gates. Hmm, I'm going to get into that because I think that uh, every time you start looking over here and the heat starts to, you know, the temperature raises by him, he wants you to look over there. So now that the truth is coming out with the jabs and he's largely responsible for that, he wants you to look over there. So don't look at him. Don't look at the food shortage tied to his farmland. Don't look to the the all-cause mortality deaths that have skyrocketed worldwide. Don't look at that. Listen to what he wants you to look at, or you're going to get arrested. Uh, we got another one, Bill Gates. And I, I think I shared this before, but I'm going to share the video too, which is Bill Gates brags about ordering Trump not to investigate COVID vaccine dangers twice. We got a nice juicy video on that. You probably know of this, but his TED Talk in 2014, Bill Gates had the unbelievable foresight of predicting a pandemic only five years later and coming with the cure. Amazing. I got good news, though. I got great news. This is from NBC News. Less than 2% of eligible people have gotten updated booster shots three weeks into the rollout. So the world's awakening, people. People in America are awakening. At least 4.4 million people have received an updated COVID booster since the start of the month, according to data released Thursday by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. That number represents around 1.5% of people currently eligible to receive the shots in the U.S. Uh-oh, what's going on? Then we got some sad news again. Western Journal. It says another one, teen athlete dies suddenly while at golf practice. Do you know the cause of death? That's correct. Unknown. You guessed it. And we're going to add another a little comment. Baffling the doctors. Baffling. And then we have crackpotish Washington Post columnist, columnist attacks uh, Zero Hedge for posts written by somebody else, but this woman, Jennifer Rubin, who's known as the conservative columnist for the Washington Post, says we need to stop having fair and, uh, wait, 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 what did she say? She says we need to stop having uh, fair news and only have it from one side, being the Democratic side. I want to get the exact quote here. She doesn't think we should have fair and, uh, and uh, I don't know, equal news. Not the word I'm looking for. She says it's absurd and uh, we need to have biased news only, which is, by the way, the current setup of the new structure. So I don't know where she's been at, but God bless her soul. Anyways, let's get into the videos and the audio. Dr. Scott A. Youngblood. This is an unbelievable testimony. Let's see if I can find out the details. Dr. Scott A. Youngblood, MD, defends the science with an attack on the narrative. And this is when he addressed the San Diego Council defending the science. And this is just fantastic. I want you to take a listen. I want you to watch. It's very, very good. He runs through slides. He has limited time. He talks about the narrative. And I think he does a very good job. That's why I'm sharing it with you because I only share with you the best, most relevant news in the world. So take a listen and uh, come to your own conclusions because that's what your brain is for. My name is Scott Youngblood. I'm a physician, and I'm here to defend science and patient autonomy. Next slide. 
the best way to look at any medical issue is with a randomized controlled trial. A well-performed RCT is more powerful than dozens of observational studies because it has a control group. That's what Pfizer did to evaluate its vaccine uh, in, to get an EUA. It had 44,000 patients, two large groups, essentially equal in all respects except one group gets the vaccine and the other group gets the placebo. Next slide. Everyone has heard that the study showed excellent vaccine efficacy with a lower rate of symptomatic infections over six months. Next slide. It was also great in preventing severe COVID cases. These patients are really sick. You have a high heart rate, respiratory failure, renal, hepatic, neurologic dysfunction, ICU admission, and death. There was only one case of this in the vaccine group and 30 cases in the placebo group. Next slide. But what hasn't been talked about is the increased adverse events for the vaccine. The total adverse events twice as high, related adverse events four times as high, severe adverse events twice as high. Essentially, those are hospitalizations, heart attacks, strokes, myopericarditis, Guillain-Barre, et cetera. All of these differences were highly statistically significant. Next slide. And the endpoint that we should all care about the most, which is all-cause mortality, this is a, the great endpoint because it ends all of the silly arguments about what caused the death. Was it the vaccine, the virus, or something else? You just total up the deaths, and at the end of six months, you look at them. And in this study, 15 patients died in the vaccine group versus 14 in the placebo group. And then the patients were unblinded and allowed to cross over if they had gotten placebo and wanted the vaccine. Five additional patients who got the vaccine died, but none who remained in the placebo group died. This mortality difference is not statistically significant. It doesn't prove anything other than scientifically one cannot say that this vaccine saves lives. Next slide. And this raises the big question, if the vaccine is so effective against the virus, preventing infections and severe COVID, then why didn't it, didn't it save lives at the height of the pandemic against the Alpha variant? The most likely answer is that the risks of this vaccine essentially canceled out any COVID benefit from the vaccine. Regardless, there was no death benefit. Next slide. And that really is the big problem with this obsessive fixation on COVID infections and death. Is it the vaccinated or the unvaccinated that misses half the problem? the adverse events and deaths from the vaccine. If you survive the vaccine, you will probably be better off when you meet the virus, especially early on, but at what cost? Indeed, the Taiwan Department of Health states right now that slightly more people have died from the COVID vaccines this year than the virus itself. Next slide. The problem is the alpha spike protein, which all the vaccines make, it's a toxin in and of itself. It binds to your ACE2 receptors around your body, which are critical in regulating blood pressure, clotting, immune system. Having spike in your body attacking these receptors is a big problem. Next slide. We've been told not to trust VAERS, but it is the only database available. All the COVID vaccines were also granted EUAs with the requirements removed for ethics boards, data safety monitoring boards, or critical event committees. All of these are customary for anything on an EUA. We are for some reason intentionally flying blind. OSHA just said they are suspending the rule for employers to report adverse events due to mandated COVID vaccines. As an ethical physician, I cannot defend anything on this slide. Next slide. So VAERS is an early warning system. So if a problem is identified, it can be investigated further. It is 31 years old. It is voluntary. There is significant underreporting. Submission of a false report is subject to prosecution and the CDC validates all these entries. Over 150,000 have been re removed just this year. Next slide. There were about 158 deaths on average per year associated with all vaccines. And then something happens in January of 2021. We now have over 17,000 deaths reported just for the COVID vaccines. I would submit to you that as an early warning system, VAERS is working exactly as intended. We are just not listening to it. Next slide. 
Nearly 40% of these deaths occur within 48 hours of the shot. It is not until day 40 or so that the death rates return to baseline. If there was no relation, you would see that the low baseline on the right of the graph would be all the way over to the left. Something is happening at day zero to cause these deaths, and it's pretty obvious what that is. Next slide. The CDC states that any death within 28 days of a positive test, regardless of cause, counts as a COVID death. You could get run over by a cement truck crossing the street, but if your COVID test three weeks ago was positive, you are counted as a COVID death. On the other hand, anything within 28 days of a vaccine is not related to the vaccine. Imagine the world that we would live in if these assumptions were reversed. This is illogical and indefensible. Next slide. During the Pfizer vaccine brief before the EUA last October, uh, this slide was flashed up for about one second. It lists out all the adverse events that eventually turned up in bears months later. Heart attacks, strokes, myocarditis, pericarditis, Guillain-Barre syndrome, blood clots, deaths, and enhanced uh, vaccine disease. Regardless, the FDA granted the EUA without any mention of any of this in the notices to physicians or patients. They knew about it and apparently said nothing. Perhaps the fact checkers can defend this, but I cannot. Next slide. On August 23rd, the FDA sent out two letters. The first approved the Comirnaty vaccine and the second extended the EUA for the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, the same formulation but legally distinct. To this day, there are no FDA-approved COVID vaccines that are actually available in the United States. Comirnaty is not available. So if the FDA approves the vaccine, but it is not actually available to anyone, it begs the question, did the FDA actually approve the vaccine? Next slide. In late July, the CDC stated the viral titers of saliva in the vaccinated are just as high as the unvaccinated. This was the justification to make everything, everyone put their masks back on. The viral levels in your saliva are the measure of how infectious you are. Thus, claims that the unvaccinated are spreading the disease and paradoxically putting the vaccinated at risk are all nonsensical. This fact alone destroys the infectious spread justification for vaccine mandates. Next slide. In the age of Delta, Vaccines do not meaningfully reduce transmission or stop infections. They do not reduce overall med medical uh, resource utilization, as we showed. The uh, best evidence available shows that they do not uh, reduce mortality. And since it uses the alpha spike protein, you will get 100% of the risks, but only 40 to 60% of the benefit in the age of uh, Delta the virus has moved on. The vaccines produce narrow immunity that encourages new variants. Their efficacy wanes after six to eight months. And for COVID survivors, it likely produces no long-term benefit, and they are known to have a two to six times higher rate of adverse events. Likely no benefit, just harm. Having said all of this, they may offer a personal health benefit to these vaccines, but that analysis needs to be individualized. Next slide. The bottom line is that this issue is really complicated. The decision for COVID vaccination should be left up to the patient in consultation with their doctor. There is no medical or scientific justification for COVID vaccine mandates by government or employers. Thank you. So I think my favorite part of that uh, talk is uh, the audience, the people there. I love their cheering. It gets me really hyped up. Listen, I'm not happy to be vindicated. I'm not happy to be right on this stuff. I wish I was wrong. I wish none of this was going on. I really do. That's the truth. Why would anyone want this nonsense going on unless they're a psychopath? Like the globalists, obviously. So that takes me right into the next one, which is, well, let's talk about this and then I'll, I'll talk about the bigger picture of what's really going on. But 
The Pentagon opened sweeping review of clandestine psychological operations. The Pentagon has ordered a sweeping audit of how it conducts clandestine information warfare after major social media companies identified and took offline fake accounts suspected of being run by the U.S. military in violation of the platform rules. Colin Kale, the Undersecretary for Defense for Policy, last week instructed the military commands that engage in psychological operations online to provide a full accounting of their activities by next month after the White House and some federal agencies expressed mounting concerns over the Defense Department's attempted manipulation of audience overseas, audiences overseas, according to several defense and administration officials familiar with the matter. The takedowns in recent years by Twitter and Facebook. Okay, so it goes on and on. So... The, and it goes on to even talk about how this is mainly a big a big event in which this is being used is the Ukraine Russia war uh, war that's going on. I mean, listen, I'm sure if you listen to this podcast, you can realize that pretty much everything we're being told by quote unquote mainstream is propaganda. I mean, it's pretty obvious. The thing that crushes my heart and just like. I, all I do is think about it all day. How do I get through these? How do I get through? Are the people that are, and I have friends that are still tricked by the propaganda. To me, it's obvious. It's always obvious. But to a, apparently a very large amount of people, it's not so obvious. And I had a previous podcast, and I'll play this probably on tomorrow, but there was a speech that I heard today at a live event of a doctor that was a, um, uh, what was he? Uh, like a two star, whatever you call it. Uh, what do you call it? A lieutenant uh, commander, not a commander, but uh, not colonial, whatever it is, like general or something. Uh, talking about and explaining and walking through like the history, which I've already shared with you, but I'll share this tomorrow, which is we, the jab's a bioweapon. That's what's going on here. Okay. It's a bioweapon. We have a good versus evil thing going on in this world. That's what's going on. And that's what everyone is saying. That's not even coming from me. But ultimately what this is, and this mixes into that article that I just read, which is this is fifth generation warfare. Okay. You are currently at war. This is the new war. It's not kinetic. It's not bombs and bullets. That's how it was. This is fifth generation warfare and you are in it. And the reason I started this podcast is to fight against that warfare because let me explain what this warfare is fifth generation warfare is warfare that is conducted primarily through non-kinetic military action such as social engineering misinformation cyber attacks along with emerging technologies such as artificial intelligence and fully autonomous systems fifth generation warfare has been described by daniel abbott as a war of information and perception there is no widely agreed upon definition of fifth generation warfare, and it has been rejected by scholars and blah, 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 who's one of the original theorists. Uh, again, that was uh, Wikipedia, so probably not the best one because I'm sure uh, our enemies, which is the second largest country or the second largest economy in the world, you know who they are. Can't say their name because we get censored even more. So please share the John the Cook show. But in summary, the, the, the fifth generation warfare is it's a war on information and perception. In fact, if you're watching this, I will pull this up. I wasn't planning to, but I will because it's super, super, super important. And this ties right into the Pentagon and what they're doing. So give me uh, two seconds if I can find it, and then we'll get into all the other stuff. Oh, is this it? Yeah, this is it. So here we go. 
So in summary, fifth generation warfare is a war on information and perception. It targets existing cognitive biases of individuals and organizations. It creates new cognitive cognitive biases social engineering it's different from classical warfare for the following reasons it focuses on the individual observer decision maker is difficult or impossible to attribute and the nature of the attack is concealed okay so this is what's going on right now this is what's going on with all the information related to the jab this is what's going on with the the literally million percent increase in in the amount of people that are transgender the youth all of a sudden, everyone is transgender. So many people are. You got boys changing to girls. They're taking puberty blockers that are irreversible. I mean, it is a war on us. This is a war. And in America or in the West, this is a war on the children too. Okay? That is what's going on here. That's why everything you're seeing online and everything from the mainstream is a lie. But if you look into it, you find out the truth. And this has been going on longer than I've been doing this podcast, but it's been very evident in the past two years for sure. And you know that. And even if you don't know that, let me ask you this. Do you feel like something's wrong in the world? Do you feel like something isn't right? How do I know that your answer is yes? Just think about that. How do I know that I am so confident. In fact, I am 99.999% certain that I know that you know something is wrong. You may not be able to articulate it. You may not be able to explain it. But you damn as well know that something isn't right. And that's because evil has taken over for a short period of time. That's what's going on here. But everything's coming out now. And that brings me to... um that's why I want to touch on the Pentagon and, you know, their information will be coming out the next month. But uh, we got good news. We got good news. This is from Robert F. Kennedy. Oh, this ties into Bill Gates. This is amazing. But uh, the CDC, this was ruled today. The CDC has four days. That's the end of the week. Four days to release data on vaccine injuries collected via the vSafe app, the court rules. A federal court in Texas is giving the CDC until Friday to release the first batch of data on adverse events following the vaccination collected by the agency via its vSafe app. The order by the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Texas Austin Division follows a series of lawsuits filed by, oh, guess who it's filed by? The Informed Consent Action Network, ICANN, which is, a, which is literally, that's what funds the high wire one of the most important shows on the internet with Dell Bigtree. And we know that Aaron Siri is the lawyer that is heading that up, who is a absolute beast. I will share some of his video in a podcast later this week, an interview with Dell Bigtree on the high wire. Aaron Siri is an unbelievable attorney that you need to learn more about. And I will share that with you. So I can inform consent action network is an Austin based nonprofit. That's quote, focused on the scientific integrity of vaccines and the pharmaceutical industry, close quote. According to ICANN, the court order requires the CDC to release the first batch of 19 months worth of data collected from millions of participants who reported adverse events related to COVID-19 vaccination via the vSafe app between December 14th, 2020 and July 31st, 2022. This is big. In all, the CDC will be required to release more than 137 million health vSafe entries. Oh my God. 
this is the juicy fruit. This is not the juicy fruit of juicy fruits, but this is juicy. The CDC describes VSafe as a smartphone app that provides personalized and confidential check-ins via text messages and web surveys, enabling users to quickly and easily share with the CDC how you or your dependent feel after getting the vid 19 vaccine. I don't know why I wish for that. That's like what Joe Biden does. Come here, baby. Okay. Or come here, child. Yeah. Weird. So that's good. That's big. Again, that's, uh, that's, uh, that ties, that's from uh, the Defender, which is Children's Health Defense, which is Robert F. Kennedy Jr., which is funny that Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Bobby Kennedy Jr., is causing more problems and havoc for the government than his uncle, John F. Kennedy, and his dad, Bobby Kennedy, because Bill Gates just gave a little, little talk. And Bill Gates, when he opens his mouth, the world gets worse, <laughs> honestly. But this is big. And I'm going to explain why it's big. So it's, this is originally from Business Insider. Political polarization may bring it all to an end, says Bill Gates. Wow, Bill Gates. How does he know? He's so active. Did you elect him? When did you vote for him? Did you remember? No? You don't remember? I don't either. Bill Gates is expanding his focus from poverty and diseases through his charitable foundation to the polarization of U.S. politics. He just seems to pick whatever is appropriate at that time to take over the world. Quote, I admit... That political polarization may bring it all to an end. We're going to have a hung election and a civil war. He recently said in the keynote conversation at this year's Forbes 400 Summit on philanthropy, I have no expertise in that. I'm not going to divert my money to that because I wouldn't know how to spend it. Political polarization, he says, goes hand in hand with another issue, the spread of misinformation. Interesting. We're going to get into what that means when we talk to one of the leading cardiologists in the UK who published a paper of how misinformation is actually the information that's being told to you through the mainstream, which is paid for by Big Pharma, as you know. So let's get more into this article. The polarization and lack of trust is a problem, he continued to Forbes. One of the best-selling books last year was a book by Robert Kennedy saying that I like to make money and kill millions of people with vaccines. It's wild that sells well. So what is that book, you ask? That book, if you haven't read it, is The Real Anthony Fauci. The Real Anthony Fauci sold millions of copies, was the number one bestseller. The Real Anthony Fauci. And when you use someone's name in the title and you lie about them, they can file defamation and they will win. But the book, The Real Anthony Fauci, has zero lawsuits and is one of the most, if not, if not the most cited book of all time. Everything is referenced in the back. Everything. You must read it. And the fact that he just promoted it when everyone knows that he's full of crap, uh, Bill Gates, and then says one of the best-selling books last year was a book by Robert Kennedy saying that I like to make money and kill millions of people with vaccines. It's wild. That sells well. No, it sells well, Bill. Because it's the truth and people are hungry for the truth. He goes on to say, people seek simple solutions. The truth is kind of boring sometimes. Anybody who's got good innovations on reducing polarization, getting the truth to be as interesting as the crazy stuff, that would be well worth investing in, Gates told Forbes. <laughs> he goes, I'm generally optimistic about the future, but one thing that dampens my outlook a bit is the increasing polarization in America, especially when it comes to politics. Yeah, he's scared. That's what's going on here. He's trying 
just like they've been doing this whole time, the powers that be, is divert your attention. Because if you know who's causing this issue and these problems, and we all focus our attention on the real criminals in power, they're in deep, deep trouble. So we cannot lose our focus. We're all starting to focus together and realizing that we are all on team peasant. Bill Gates is on team elite. There ain't no Democrats. There ain't no Republicans. Currently, the current situation is the Democratic Party has been hijacked by the elites to get their agenda across. And there are Democrats that are being tricked by this shockingly because they go against all liberal values. Like, you got to remember, the Democrats are the ones that are all about freedom of speech. and Now they're all about censorship. They're the ones that question big business and corporations. Now they're all about colluding big business and government. It's all opposite day every day of the week. But Everyone's waking up and realizing this ain't Republican, this ain't Democrat, this ain't independent. This is peasants and this is elites. And we are finally coming together. I see it. I feel it. I've been watching some good documentaries. In fact, a really good one to watch is, um, I believe it's called Watch the Water. We're going to watch that together on this podcast probably on Wednesday. And we're going to do it like we did uh, uh, Plandemic Part 2, which is a podcast maybe like 12, 15 ago. One of the most watched podcasts and listen to podcasts on the Jonathan Cogan show. So please check it out. Plandemic. I think it's like plandemic, what they don't want you to know. And obviously that means it's the truth. So now I want to get into uh, a mainstream cardiologist, mainstream, Dr. Asim Maholtra, mainstream, just published a paper today, curing the pandemic of misinformation on mRNA vaccines through real world evidence-based medicine. This is big, okay? I'll, I'll get into the paper, but he did a little short interview where he talks about this is a mainline, mainline cardiologist. And when people like this start talking out, then everybody starts coming to the winning side on the right side of history. And that's what we're doing here. You've been in this fight. I've been in this fight. The truth always prevails. Sometimes we can get it out faster, and I think we're gaining momentum like never before. You know, when the economy loses $7.6 trillion, since the president took office, people want to know what's up. Something ain't right. Why are all the food plants blowing up? Huh? That's strange. Where's all of our money going? Why is it going to the billionaires? Huh? That's weird. Why is there going to be no energy in all of Europe and really the rest of the world, but all of Europe? And why is Germany probably going to fall in a year? And then there's going to be famines in a year that breeds more famine and more famine. And then it's unbelievable. Um, by the way, a book uh, to read is The Red Famine, if you want to learn more about that. And there might be a coup in China, which I'm not going to get into because we don't know if it's true or not. But there is a book called China Coup that does predict that. But I don't want to get too off topic. So, again, Dr. Asima Holtra just published a paper, mainline cardiologist, mainline. Take a listen to him. Hold on, I'll back it up. Here we go. A warning to the British public. What I would like to say is you need to understand that the current system is encouraging good people to do bad things. At the root of this problem are big, very powerful corporations that have too much influence on government, on healthcare, on media, and their primary responsibility is to produce profit for their shareholders, not to give you the best treatment. And when you understand that, then we can start doing something to transform the system. And I don't say this lightly. Um, this has been well documented that these corporations, unfortunately, in the way that they go about their business, 
by misleading people, by their business model being fraud, they act like psychopaths and they are a psychopathic entity. Ultimately, the conclusion is that we have a psychopathic entity influencing health policy and that needs to stop and it needs to stop now. Okay, Seem, so we've, we've met today to talk about a paper that you've written, which is published, well, it'll be published by the time this interview goes out. Maybe you could give us a little bit of background about how and why this paper has come about, and then, then we can talk about the content of it. So what I've done recently is critically appraise the evidence around the um, COVID vaccine, specifically the mRNA vaccine. Uh, and the reason that I looked into this is that I uh, suffered quite a personal tragedy with the sudden death of my father in July last year. Um, he was a very fit and well man. He was 73 years old. Um, during the whole of lockdown, he was walking 10 to 15,000 steps a day. Um, he was very conscientious of his diet. I had assessed his heart a few years earlier. Uh, and in fact, he actually had improved his lifestyle since then. But his post-mortem findings really shocked me. Um, there were two severe blockages in his coronary arteries, which didn't really make any sense with everything I know, both as a cardiologist, someone who has an expertise in this particular area, but also intimately knowing my dad's lifestyle and his health. Um, not long after that, uh, data started to emerge that suggested there was a possible link between the mRNA vaccine and increased risk of heart attacks from uh, a mechanism of increasing inflammation around the coronary arteries. On top of that, I, I was then contacted by a whistleblower at a very prestigious um, university in the UK, the cardiologist himself, who explained to me that there was similar research findings in his department and that those researchers had decided to essentially cover that up because they were worried about losing research funding from the pharmaceutical industry. But it doesn't stop there. I then started looking at data in the UK to see had there been any increase in cardiac arrest. My dad suffered a, a cardiac arrest and a sudden cardiac death at home. Had there been any change in the UK since the vaccine rollout? And again, those findings were very, very clear. There, there's been an extra 14,000 uh, out of hospital cardiac arrests in 2021 versus 2020. So post-vaccine rollout again. My own clinical experience, several people I know in my own social circle, at least half a dozen people unexpectedly suffered sudden cardiac death within weeks to months of having the vaccine, again, unexpected. So the, for me, the evidence is, is very, very clear. And when you, went, when you look back at the original Pfizer trial, the randomized control trial published in the Journal of Medicine, that actually was um, the basis on which there was a, a huge vaccine rollout across the world for this particular vaccine, um, there is a smoking gun. If you look at the supplementary appendix there, there were four cardiac arrests in the vaccine group versus one in the placebo. When you put it all together, it makes a very strong case that there is a clear link between this particular vaccine and increasing cardiac risk. We now know it causes myocarditis in probably up to one in 2,700 people, which is inflammation of the heart muscle. We know there's a signal for cardiac arrest. Recent data from Israel published in Nature Report shows in the ages of people aged between 16 and 39, there was a 25% increase in either heart attacks or cardiac arrests, um, not linked to COVID, but absolutely linked to the, uh, the vaccines, the mRNA vaccine. So as far as I'm concerned, the evidence is overwhelming. This vaccine does 
have a strong link with increasing cardiac risk and cardiac death. What do you want to happen? Well, I think that the data now, if you look at it in totality, one, first of all, we need to have a more robust analysis where people can understand what the benefit of the potential vaccine is for them versus the harms. But it, the upshot from everything I've looked at in, in these papers which have been published is that I think that the evidence is very, very strong to call for a complete suspension of this vaccine pending an inquiry so that we can have a more honest discussion about who potentially benefits, who's going to get more harm than good, if at all. And, you know, I think most people watching this will be aware of some of the censorship that goes on. And I mean, this is a huge thing for you to put yourself out there like this. Are you worried about that at all? No, for me, what's most important, my duty is to patients and to scientific integrity and to the truth. And we have to be able to allow the legitimate questions around this to be asked. Unfortunately, because of too much corporate capture of uh, public health, of politicians, government, the media, this debate has not been allowed to happen. And, you know, this is going to already it's having catastrophic consequences for trust in public health and in medicine. And my duty, my responsibility is to restore that trust, but also allow honest conversations to happen between doctors and patients, which has not happened, unfortunately. It's very clear now with the rollout of this vaccine. And of course, this is very, very personal to you. I mean, how do you feel? Um, how do you feel about the whole episode now? Because I think, you know, early on, when this started to emerge, the questions, you were, you were kind of on the other side of the bench, weren't you? You, you kind of like, well, I don't think it's the vaccines. Yeah. And you've come for full circle now based upon the yeah. evidence that you've seen. Yeah, I mean, just to add to that, James, to be honest, I was, you know, very supportive of the vaccine rollout at the beginning. I was one of the first to have the vaccine um, because I helped out at the vaccine centre. So I was given, you know, what was left over. I had it very early on. Um, my dad as well, he was a very prominent doctor, one of the most respected uh, doctors in the UK, certainly a, maybe the most prolific campaigner for the NHS as a doctor in the last three decades. Um, he was vice president of the British Medical Association. And to now have no doubt in my mind that this vaccine killed him, I am his only advocate. He was the last surviving member of my immediate family. And I have a duty to him as well and to public health to get this information out. Yeah, so Asim, I, th I think one of the clear things with all of this is you're not anti-vax, right? You know, you've worked in the vaccine centre. Um, you've been um, very, very supportive of the health system as the, the vaccine rollout went. I think that's important to mention because there are people who will try to present this yeah. as some kind of anti-vax movement. Sure. And, and I think, you know, anyone that wants to think, you know, is trying to frame it as anti-vax are either very misguided or they have a personal vested interest linked to the drug industry. Yeah. Um, what I would say, look at the facts. I was one of the first to have it. I helped out in the vaccine centre. I was on Good Morning Britain. And you can, people can look up that footage. I was on Good Morning Britain because I convinced a hesitant vaccine, hesitant film director who I thought was high risk to have the vaccine. And I was explaining uh, why I felt that if you look at the history traditionally, in medicine, of all drugs that we prescribe or we give or we use to treat illness, or even for prevention perspective, vaccines traditionally have been the safest. And traditional vaccines 
are still, in my view, the safest. But this particular vaccine was rolled out in very unusual, unexpected circumstances. It got emergency use authorization. Um, and I think for me, what really made me realize that there was something more sinister going on was when it got mandated. There was no, you know, uh, what we normally do in this country, we've never mandated other vaccines. We use persuasion and encouragement for people to take vaccines. But when it got mandated, for me, I then realized that there was something else going on, which has now translated very clearly for me, that this was primarily to serve the profits of the drug industry, of Pfizer in this particular case, not that of public health. And there needs to be an inquiry. And until we get this, an open, transparent discussion, I think that the situation in terms of our health, in terms of moving forward for the future of medicine, is very, very dire. So he sounds like a very irrational, trying to get famous uh, anti-vax pig. No, I'm kidding. I mean, I don't even need to say this anymore. Like... The people who want to argue with this now are simply just not becoming educated. They can go yell anti-vaccine. It doesn't matter. That was a very logical, factual-based, calm, collected discussion and point of view. We need to have honest discussions on all of this stuff. We always should have. Whenever there's this much censorship, your your um, awareness uh, buzzer should go bing, bing, bing. Something's going wrong. It doesn't feel great being vindicated when I heard, I'm going to verify this, but I've heard two different things. But today from the doctor that I heard speak from uh, the army, from the military said, first of all, we know he just said there, I think one in 24, one in 2,700 people will get myocarditis, which you didn't even know what myocarditis was. Now New York Presbyterian has commercials on it for little kids, little girls, but uh, myocarditis, inflammation of the heart. I heard from the physician today. And this is yet to be verified, but either way, I just, the percentages were different. He said 50% of people with myocarditis die within five years. And the other one I heard was 25% die within five years. Either way, that's a big deal. And on top of that, a lot of people who have myocarditis don't even know they have myocarditis. EKGs don't even diagnose myocarditis. There are many people walking around today that do not know they have myocarditis and whether it's 25% or 50%, one in four or one in two of one in 2,700 people who got this and there's billions of people who got this are going to die. Even if it's one in four, which is the 25%, the lower one, if 4 billion people got it, which over 4 billion people did, that's 1 billion people dead in five years. If it's, I know it's scary, but we talk about the facts and we bring up real stuff on this podcast. Okay. We don't sugarcoat it. We get right into the truth. If you can't handle the truth, go watch CNN, but let's talk about this. So if it's the one in two and there's 5 billion people that got this and one in two, it's actually 50% in five years, we could see two and a half billion people falling off the planet, not literally off the edge, but dying from myocarditis. Very sad. We need to listen. All the truth coming out now. The, he's a big voice to have because he's a main line cardiologist, extremely well known in the UK, and voices like that are huge, gigantic. And why everyone is trying to think that they're on the winning team with Pfizer is so odd. Four years ago, everyone would have said, "Yeah, they're the biggest criminals," which. 
they are. They've paid the biggest fine ever. That's part of their business model. I don't trust them ever, ever, ever. Oh my God, I wouldn't do it. But then three years later, they become like the holy savior. It's wild. It's a psyop, psychological warfare. This is fifth generation warfare. We'll talk about this more and more. We'll talk about the famine and the currency wars and the psychological warfare, which is which has a lot to do. Listen, we're all about whatever your gender and whatever you want to be. I don't care. Don't touch the children. Hashtag stop the shots. Hashtag leave the children alone. Hashtag I love freedom. Let us choose. Try to persuade me. When you mandate something, it's sinister. We know something's going on. They're attacking our children, and all this is going to be coming out. The people who transitioned as kids. And now, you know, when I was little, I had a haircut, like a bowl haircut part in the middle that I would never have to have. Like, oh, what a fool. But like, what's going to happen in 10 years? They're going to be like, oh my God, when I was a kid, you know, I thought I was a girl. So I chopped off my penis. And now um, I realized that was crazy, but I have no penis. Like, come on, man. That's a big deal. We can't have that going down. We can't have that going down. Which brings me back to Bill Gates. And this ties right back to Bill Gates, who is the biggest slime dog in all of this, talking about how the world or we're going to come into a civil war because we're starting to focus on the real villain, which is him. And since he's the real villain, he wants us to make sure we don't close in on him and we know we're getting close. So I think when the election comes and we do not go to civil war because we realize we're all on the same team and we realize Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab and all those people are the bad guys, they're going to be in trouble because the Civil War won't happen, but the war against the elites will. So natural news, Bill Gates brags about ordering Trump not to investigate the COVID vaccine dangers twice. (laughs) On not one, but two separate occasions, billionaire eugenicist Bill Gates ordered then-President Donald Trump not to investigate the potential dangers of the mRNA vaccines. The Microsoft co-founder turned philanthropist He's, he's called a, what's he called again? Uh, a philanthropic capitalist or something? Here we go. This is from MSNBC. You got to take a listen, watch this, listen to Bill Gates bragging in his weird body contortions that he does. I mean, this is disgusting. Here we go. Trump, especially powerful, successful people. In the oh, and this is my it- best part. This guy's takeaway on MSNBC is about Donald Trump and how people feel about donald trump the real focus is what bill gates says it's wild like that's your takeaway is like what he thought of donald trump when he says do not look into the problems with mrna i mean come on listen to this business and beyond who've had to try and interact with him because he's the leader of the free world say about those encounters behind closed doors uh, all in has obtained some never before seen footage that gives you a good idea of what one of the wealthiest men in the world bill gates thinks of the president Bill Gates took questions during a recent Gates Foundation meeting with staff, and he talked about meeting Donald Trump. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, so I I never met Donald Trump uh, before he was elected. Uh, there was a thing during the uh, election where he and I were at the same place, and I avoided him. Uh, anyway, then he got elected, and so I went to see him in December. He 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 knew my daughter Jennifer uh, because uh, Trump has this uh, horse show thing down in Florida. In fact, he went up and talked to Jen and was being super nice. Uh, 
And then like 20 minutes later, he flew in in a helicopter to the same place. So clearly he had been driven away, and but he wanted to make a grand entrance in a helicopter. Anyway, uh, so when I first talked to him, it, it was actually kind of scary how well he knew, how much he knew about my daughter's appearance. Uh, but uh, Melinda didn't like that too well. Uh, anyway, so I saw him at Trump Tower, you know, I said, hey, science and innovation is a great thing. You should be a leader who drives innovation. And that conversation was about a broad set of things in energy in health, in education, you know, pick things you want Which, to by do. the way, are all things that are being attacked right now, which is really interesting. Big HIV vaccine, you could, you know, accelerate that. Be associated with innovation. And uh, then the second time I saw him was uh, the March after that, uh, so March 2017 in the White House. In both of those two meetings, he asked me if vaccines weren't a bad thing because he was considering a commission to look into uh, ill effects of vaccines. And, and somebody, his name was Robert Kennedy Jr., was advising them that vaccines were causing bad things. And I said, no, that's a dead end. That would be a bad thing. Don't do that. Uh, both times. Wait, wait, wait. What? Why not look into it? Why wouldn't you want to look into it and your takeaway after researching it, if it's a dead end, would be they're all safe and effective and we have all these studies to back it. Why are you avoiding it? Why would you want to avoid that? If you can look into it, then you could leave the situation and say, look, they're all safe and effective. But he's like, <laughs> no, I told him not to look at that. And he's proud of it. Let's continue this. Know if there was a difference between HIV and HPV, so I was able to uh, explain that those are rarely confused with each other. Uh... Oh, but wait, there's more, including how President Trump talks about himself. That's his takeaway. Oh, there's more. Let's talk about how Donald Trump talks about himself next. What about the fact that he asked him that he was going to set up a commission to look into the ill effects of vaccines? And Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who we just talked about, was going to lead that commission. And Bill Gates convinced him to not do that. That would be a bad idea. It would be a terrible idea to prove something safe and effective. That is a stupid idea. What are you, a communist, fascist, semi-fascist? Come on. Don't look into that. Just listen to our word. We say safe and effective. That doesn't require studies. Just listen to the people who make the product. Pfizer says everything they give is safe and effective. Okay, sure. Okay, conspiracy theorists. Yes, they have paid the most penalties ever in, of any corporation. Yes, that's true. But this time is different. This time is different. This time they care about you. And they love you now. They changed their mind. They slept on it. Pfizer, the corporation, they said, you know what? We want to change the business model from budgeting for killing people to saving the world from COVID and not pro profiting. Come on. This is the biggest cognitive dissonance of all time. And it's fascinating. Even if you got duped or are confused about this, you have to think how amazing this is. Do you think Pfizer is involved in, well, you, not do you think, has Pfizer been involved in criminal activities under like the court of law more than once? The answer is yes. They've been found guilty. And then if I asked you, uh, okay, they're guilty for killing people, chantix, all this stuff. 
Well, what about the mRNA vaccines? Do you think that's possible they're causing harm? And your answer is no, definitely not. Think about how strange that is to think that. On one hand, you're saying in the exact situation just years ago, there were horrible criminals, and then they woke up on the other side with an enlightened heart and wanted to save the world. It's the same people. It's the same people. I think you get this. And if you don't, that's troubling. I don't know what else to say. But he's trying to divert us, Mr. Bill Gates, to not look into the ill effects of vaccines, which he brags about. And then the takeaway on MSNBC is, and more about what Donald Trump talks about himself next. He's saying not to look into the ill effects of vaccines. What? Well, shouldn't we confirm that they're safe and effective? What kind of world do we live in? I swear we live in a clown world. So the next outbreak, are we ready? Yeah, we got that. Um, so let's talk about the good news then briefly, because this is good news that needs to be addressed. So less than 2% of eligible people have gotten updated COVID booster shots three weeks into the rollout. That's 4.4 million people who've received it, which is only 1.5% of the people currently eligible. The data does not include people who received the updated Pfizer BioNTech boosters in Idaho and Texas, the CDC said, so it is likely an underestimate. The White House estimates the number to be closer to 5 million doses, which is still under 2%. The CDC signed off, which by the way, in four days we get that adverse event data, which will be nice. Dr. Scott Roberts, a Yale medicine infectious disease specialist um, and probably paid spokesperson for Pfizer, said the relatively low booster uptake was demoralizing. Why was it demoralizing? Do you get paid per booster? I would expect a much higher proportion of Americans to have gotten the booster by this point because they're so confident, Scott, that they were tested on eight mice. Eight mice. And here's the punchline. All eight mice got Omicron. It's supposed to protect you from Omicron and all eight mice, which are now dead, who took the vax are not got Omicron all eight, eight for eight. Yeah. And the public is real. The public ain't stupid. And the public is waking up like speeds we've never seen ever before in history. While Jennifer Rubin at the Washington Post is saying, we do not need fair news. We should only talk about it from one side, the left side. I thought that's what was happening. <laughs> thought that was happening and we're at fifth generation warfare you gotta learn i'm gonna be talking more and more about fifth generation warfare and what's going on and fitting a fifth generation warfare puzzle piece into a fourth generation playing field it's psychological it's tricking us it's what i talked about on the podcast yesterday a disillusioned youth confusion not knowing what's true not knowing what's false that is the warfare you're in a war right now the war is not kinetic. It's not like it used to be. This is a different type of warfare. You have to understand that. You got to do your own research. I'm just telling you the truth. I know it's hard to hear, but guess what? I'm living in this world with you, so it's hard to hear when I'm researching this also. But you need to know what's going on. This is fifth-generation warfare, and it's happening right now. We're under attack. Dr. Naomi Wolf has told it. Many other people have told it. It's always trending on Twitter. There's a hack. There is a glitch in the matrix every single day now. That is what is happening. We're going to talk more and more about this on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday or Wednesday, probably. But uh, again, big data coming out. Everything's in the show notes. If you haven't subscribed to the Jonathan Kogan show yet, please subscribe. I said some words in this podcast this is going to make it censored. So please share it with someone if you appreciate the work. If you want to donate and support, please go to patreon.com forward slash ownership economy. It would mean the world to me. Or you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash JSK. That would be awesome too. 
You can buy me a coffee. I love coffee. I'd appreciate it. Anything to keep it going. I do this for you. I do this for freedom. And uh, if you haven't subscribed to the Rumble channel, it's uh, the, the name is Ownership Economy. You could probably search the Jonathan Kogan show. I post the recordings same day as I post the podcast, the videos. So if you want to watch it, you can watch it there. And listen, I appreciate you and I appreciate you listening. And please share. I hate asking for stuff, but it's the only way we grow. That's what happens when you tell the truth around here, meaning on earth. But I'm gonna, I want to be on the right side of history and I want to do the right thing and I want to help people. And if you think I'm doing that, then please share it with someone who either needs to wake up or, or who just awakened. And let's create this community. We're creating our network state right now on the internet. And then, you know, five, 10, 15 years from now, it's going to be a real world community that focuses on a moral deficit that is missing in society, which is truth. Our community is going to be founded in truth. That's what I promise you. It's going to be founded in truth. So again, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, please subscribe to the Jonathan Kogan Show. Please share with a friend or family member. And thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. And I appreciate you. I love you. Have an amazing morning, an amazing afternoon, or an amazing evening. Take care. God bless. And I'll see you tomorrow.